Today is Tuesday, October 5th. Decky 7-Iron, how are we? Andy Bruno, we're good, brother. Uh, having a blast out here. I'm sure you're questioning the reference. I uh, just finished the movie Luca uh, a couple days ago. Have you? Are you familiar? I'm not familiar. Okay, it's, a, um, it's an Italian like Pixar film. Uh, and it's like little, it's a little guy, boy named Luca and he's a sea monster and he's it, the settings in Italy and, uh, the, they, like he meets this other guy, Alberto, and they start doing crazy shit on a bike together. And, uh, he's like scared to do it for the first time. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta silence the, like the negative thoughts in your head. So you gotta say silencio Bruno. And that's, and he's like, who's Bruno? He's like, I don't know, some guy. And so that's where I got that from. But anyways, I thought you Dude. might I thought you might like that show or that movie, honestly. It's 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 a very touching film. Just came out this year. I mean, that's a shoe in. That sounds like my familia. That's uh <laughs> that's my family in Palermo, Sicily. Yeah. Those are my boys. Yeah, dude. It's uh it's pretty fucking awesome. I I highly recommend it. But uh hey man, back in the studio. How you been? I'm doing well, dude. It feels good to uh, be sitting here with you. We've ha- we haven't caught up in a little bit. We've been quite busy. Um, this last weekend was kind of rip roaring. Were you you were out in Denver, right? You were doing a little uh, celebratory uh, launch of your buddy Gaby Days, Gabe Fighting, his uh, his golf company Tips. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So Tips, Tips, uh, Tips Golf Company. They're a new golf brands. Go give them a follow uh, at Tips Golf on Instagram. Um, they uh, hosted their very first uh, Tips Invitational, and we had about 30 people show up. It was a nice par three, nine-hole course. Uh, we got really nice shirts. I won a box of Pro V1s, uh, I, and it, it was real embarrassing. You know, at the very end, uh, you know, I was, the, I was kind of the MC, uh, raffling off or just going through the raffle and, and announcing all the prizes and, you know, giving everybody a lot of shit for whoever won. And then all of a sudden, like, I drew my own name. Like, what an asshole move. You drew your own name. Drew my oh, own that's name. Cla- classic MC. Yep. And then it, it came full circle the next day. Uh, you know, packed my new Pro V1s in my bag. And, you know, and we'll talk about what I should do with those Pro V1s after this. But, you know, I packed them in my bag, went through ch- TSA. Turns out that uh, you're not, you should be taking the golf balls out of your bag so that it could be scanned separately were you aware of that i was not aware that is news to me i mean granted i'm usually checking my golf bag so i've never brought golf balls in a bag before but right why is that like is that in- considered a weapon yeah i don't know it's a it's a very unique scenario i'm not entirely sure on how this all works to be honest but uh anyways the guy you know i see that my bag gets flagged and then the guy who's checking my bag you know brings it over and he sets it down i'm like uh and he he like pulls up the the screenshot of like what was flagged and goes oh you got some golf balls in there i'm like yeah i'm like yeah i got some golf balls in there want to want to want a raffle what's it to you uh <laughs> and uh i was like so should i have taken those out like is that something i like should have known he goes ah uh, you know this x-ray guy's kind of an asshole he usually flags stuff like that for no reason and i was like ah, okay got it so nothing you can do there 
I'm, that's really good to know. I just re uh, reset resent in my submission for global entry so i can get mm. my it's every five so i every five years you know you get tsa pre-check global entry the whole shebang um but that's really good to know because I've, i'm not aware of i haven't had to take my shoes off or pull your laptop out or any of that jazz in quite some time but if i get denied from global entry this go around i'm gonna have to be aware of the golf balls and i and then there's a couple things with these golf balls i'm thinking one thing in particular, ball speed. That TSA pre-check scanner is like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Decky could be teeing up his seven iron inside uh, terminal terminal B, and your ball speed's been pretty high this season. I, I mean, you're hitting 170, 180 with that driver here, so that's a scare for sure. Um, and then he noticed they were Pro V ones, so those are top of the line, best golf balls, um, and he had to just be aware. He had to check them, make sure that those are. There wasn't anything else inside those golf balls. Right. Um, but now we have to get to, should you be playing with Pro V1s? That is honestly the real question here. Right. Yeah. I Personally, when I first got them, I said, ah, oh, what a waste of a, of a nice $50 pack of balls, you know, because I don't deserve them. Um, I'm also just going to be way more nervous hitting them, like knowing that I have a really valuable ball that I'm teeing off. Like, I don't think I get the sheer benefit of, like, you know, pipe in a fairway uh, consistently throughout an 18 because, you know, who knows what this second shot looks like, especially if it's over troubled water. Um, so I I might just have them in my bag and just give them to people when when I if I think they're, you know, not going to lose them. Like if, if you per se were a, a better golfer than me so much to the point where I didn't think you would lose a ball. Uh, throughout 18 then I would just give you a pro v1 for that day you know and mm. I have I think I got I got a lot of balls I got 12 of them to give away so you know that's 12 different people potentially I appreciate that that's really uh, give value type mentality I really yes. appreciate that yeah and it might also like give off this aura that like you know i got some fuck you money because i'm just like ah you know these are just some extra pro v ones if you want one you know and that's true yeah i mean but uh, be be a giver with the pro v ones because usually when like someone finds a pro v one inside like the bushes they're like a little schmeagle with the lord of the rings like they grab it my precious like anything giving that shit up um another question i got for you deck how was the environment of the tips um like whole shebang whole uh outing because Back Pocket has been considering doing a golf outing for quite some time. And we there is like a serious time commitment to plan one of these things. Is it worth it? Is my second question. So first question was, how, how is the environment? And then the second question is, the co- time commitment to plan one of these things and book out like a golf venue. Is it worth it? Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question because it's like how... I'm always thinking about like how can you make your golf tournament unique and in the tips boys uh the one thing that they did better than anyone they were like how do we get people to show up uh for the opening ceremony and how do we get people to you know be on time for their tea times and how do we get people to hang around afterwards you know uh for the raffles and all the things well uh co-founder joe bozeman came up with a great idea of live streaming college football underneath the tree at the ninth tee box uh, so I thought that was a really good idea in terms of like, you know, just making sure the camaraderie is high uh, after it's done. Not to mention it was you everybody had a four pack of man paw uh, 
for eat for part as part of the tournament. So everybody was just like slammed on Manpaw and everybody loved Manpaw also. It was just so awesome to see how that crossover happened now at two events that we've been a part of this year. Uh shout out Kurt Road. Guys killing it. Uh so that that was great, but like my challenge to Gabe and Joe for like the next year and, and where they're trying to scale. So they're trying, I think really they're trying to turn it into a golf league and create like a, an actual turn tips golf into like some sort of membership, like try and create like a, try and really triple down on like the first hundred people that really give a fuck about tips, you know, and then use that to kind of expand the brand. Love the idea. But like if back pocket's going to do it, um, personally i really want to throw a golf event where there's patrons and you have to play golf with like a moving crowd of people through like nine holes i think that would be amazing like throw it out at the par three but like have like sell tickets to people who would just walk with you and drink beer and heckle you the whole time i think that would be so fun that would be incredible i think that that we definitely need a crowd that's one thing that's for sure. like the Man- main that would be the only reason i'd want to throw it is if i could play golf in front of a bunch of people yes and then on top of that you brought up this live streaming college football that m- immediately made me think of uh the opportunity for us to live stream the event itself <laughs> all right so say so, i mean this is just all in theory because we're gonna hype it up anyways uh if we got say we had eight eight groups um and that's like what 32 people and we had eight Mevo cameras and we just had people, we had like the Marcuses of the world carrying cameras around per pairing. And we was just like, if we could switch cam to the Mevos, just right. following each pairing. And then we got a little boom arm guy. Got to have a boom arm guy for the audio. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's a production nightmare in terms of like how anything stays, uh, how, how anything would actually work in this sense. Um, but yeah, the idea of live streaming the event where everybody has, you know, you're able to watch these like idiot eight groups play. I think that'd be just so sick. But like, I'm also like, how, how do we, if there's eight groups, how do you fill an entire nine hole course full of people? Like that's a lot of people that you would need to have at this event for it to feel like what we're asking for, you know? Yeah. you. Do, I think you just, you, you station them at like the keyhole. So like you stick up someone at like the base of a par three. Uh, you know, hyping people up if they're hitting the green. Uh, you got to have people on one teeing off and you got to have people on, say it's nine holes. You got to have people on, on number nine. So you, you could probably pick like three to four sections and then you got a couple patrons that are following your hecklers, you know, just right. like sporadic fans, just following each pairing, uh, yelling, you jackass type of thing. And you're just getting in people's heads. Right. Yeah. I, 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 and I'm also like, who wants to show up to that? You know, like, are you really going to sign up to like go walk and be hot in the sun and like watch someone like not play good at golf? You know, like I have, these are honest questions that like, I don't know. I want this to happen, but like, I don't know how necessarily we could, we could pull this off where, where there's people who are willing participants, you know? Yeah. I already have some good ideas. Well, like right off the bat, you know, we get, we get manpaw back and in, incorporated. Everyone gets some manpaw coming in. They're the hardest seltzer. You don't need many of them. Four right. is like the perfect number. Um, maybe a t-shirt we get unreal back involved. And then I think like the, the shoe in opportunity here is we do it at a country club and that means, you know, pool party afterwards. So we just mm. entice everyone stick around. If you're there from opening a uh, tee shot to the end, you get free entry into this pool party. Right. Maybe and, and maybe a potential opportunity for a celebrity shot. Maybe Celeb that's what shot. it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. I, 
I know the tradition of golf is like you can only have a foursome golfing at one time, but it's like, man, if we were able to like sign up like one hole gets 16 players and like at 12 of them are just always kind of watching and heckling and and like at any time like these other people can switch in and play like that might also incentivize the people walking i don't know but we need far more than 16 people to be around in the area for it to feel like there's a lot of added pressure in terms of like throwing this event yeah we got to bring in someone famous too to be like a part of it that will draw a crowd right yeah i god it would be sick if we could because charity golf tournaments happen all the time and like the the 3M opens like the, these are not foreign like to go to a golf tournament is pretty is like a normal thing to attend right yeah technically for sure so it's like i don't know i how do you usually just, though <laughs> like a charity golf outing you're not like walking the grounds you're kind of like in the banquet hall um you know sure. eating your hors d'oeuvres and yeah, having a yeah, yeah. glass of chardonnay yeah yeah, maybe we just got to focus it down to one hole. Maybe we go with the waste management open uh, idea where it's one hole is just absolutely jack wagon insane. And and we make a tournament around that hole. And and to your point, it's got to be like near the clubhouse so that there's obvious incentive. Like it's easy for people to get in and out. Or maybe it's at like a course where hole one and nine are very close to each other. Like most courses like most nine like nine holes would be that way uh and then just pack those two holes and just say we're throwing a party on these holes back pocket is always best when we simplify so i think your head's starting to trend in the right direction right. talk okay. all these fugazi fugazi things simplify 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 yeah good work through good work through so yeah i i got stopped at tsa with some golf balls can you imagine that damn yeah imagine that pro v once uh how was your weekend dude Dude, my weekend was pretty solid too. I also had a rip roaring weekend. I uh, so it, it started on Friday and it was uh, Bardwell's wedding. Josiah nice. Bardwell. Another wedding. Another wedding you attended. Congrats. No, thank you, man. Second wedding. This is the first time with the boys, with the dogs, which was nice. Uh, good old Mark Amick again, nice. and then Steve, um, and uh, you know a couple other boys there and and their gals. A Jack Baby, the influencer, just shredding the dance floor. Not surprised. <laughs> not surprised at all and that that leads me to my uh my biggest point um we we did this at the amic wedding um it wasn't quite as prevalent here at the bardwell wedding because josiah decided to go with a lot of like early 2000 songs like smash mouth and backstreet boys and like in sync and like you know great songs but not like easy to like tear up the dance floor with they're like they're not like as he, he can't get as like you know loosey-goosey they're more pretty like straightforward kind of just like head bob and sing-alongs mm -hmm. um however we still took over the dance floor to a certain degree i think that is one of our biggest strengths and it's not how it's not um you know the typical way of taking over a dance floor most times you know it's a it's a dance circle and people go in there and they do like their one move and they bounce we take that dance circle and flip it to the next level. We've talked about this time and time again, but it's very important we bring this back up because it has not been mentioned in quite some time. Adding a miscellaneous object to the center of the dance circle, whether it's like a beer can um, or really anything, just takes over. It's just a whole new environment. We did, uh, Mark Dowell and I did this at Basement Bar and we had the whole place erupting with empty bottles, like people that were like smashed 
and couldn't comprehend anything. But Dowdle and I are getting everyone organized like shepherds and and their sheep. Yep. Um, and we do it again at Bardwell's wedding, just a shoo-in. Uh, and then we take this to Oktoberfest. Mm. And cut me off if I'm talking too long. But we do this at Oktoberfest. And we're at this beer garden with a bunch of, like, families. We got parents and their kids that are, like, ages, like, five to, like, 12. Just, like, little rascals running around. And Mark Dowdle, lo and behold, goes to this one stand. It was, like, a minute rice stand. And he gets four boxes of minute rice. And we're we're on the dance. There's no one on the dance floor. And Mark and I are like, let's just let's see let's see if we can take over. Let's see if we can do work our magic. <laughs> so we go out there, uh, box a minute rice in each hand, and we use them as maracas. <laughs> and we're just shaking. We're getting the moms going. We're getting the little kids going. We're bringing everyone out to the dance floor. And then we got a good like solid of like solid people like twenty-ish people out on the dance floor. And how, how, behold, over how much time were you like accumulating via maraca? Oh, probably a good. Uh, the maracas were in use for probably 15 to 20 minutes, but we were rallying troops for a good hour. Like, wow. That's, it was that's a, some groundwork. It was it was a grind. It's groundwork, um, but it's God's work. It was God's work. It was worthy work. Uh, and then Mark has the brilliant idea of creating a dance circle and sticking the four boxes of rice up on a tower and now we just had a whole novel whole nother level of of enthusiasm we have like old like men sliding face first into the boxes of rice like knocking them over we have we have like three-year-olds walking up to the rice like side kicking punting it like kicking it two inches and knocking it over and everything in between it was just incredible and mark and i were just like we did it again we did it again right yeah, and exactly in the fashion you're talking about, like you, you're, you guys are shepherds. You guys are good shepherds. That's why it's God's work. And you're also, you know, coming up and, and, and adjusting on the fly. You know, the maracas had had some sort of appeal to it, but smashing the tower of, of rice is an entirely new appeal that I'm entirely here for. Who is the maintenance guy? Who's cleaning up and setting this tower back up every time? Was this a rotating shift? Uh, did you get an engineer involved? What was it looking like? Oh, great point. We had engineers ready to go. Matt Heron and Tay Anderson were promptly ready to uh, step in and stack that tower. Good. You know, Mark Dowdle and I looked at each other. Um, you know, I and I, like, you took that one. I'll take the next one. Um, and we had it built in like a pyramid <laughs> at some point. We had towers. We had just like all on the ground at four. Um, it was, man, I'll send some videos. We'll clip it in here. It is, it was just absurd. That's amazing. Dude, I, a very, from the wedding that you and I went to, uh, I, I've been receiving videos like for the last, I don't know, however many days now from uh, Dan and Shannon McCloskey, the uh, the bride and groomsman from uh, that wedding. They are, they've, they've been sending me videos of like the, I guess the whole thing was on video. Did you know that? I had no idea, but I've been getting some of, I don't know if all of them, but I've been getting a handful of, of you you know with the shades on like yes. doing arm movements taking over scenes where it should have been like beautiful moments for yes. shannon and dan yes dude there's one moment where it's like like shannon and her mom like dancing and stuff and it's like this really like cute thing and then all of a sudden like i come in like you know going like you know just bump bopping my neck and my uh hands with the speed shades on and i'm like ruined that moment and then like i must have been part of like 90% of that uh, 
entire wedding production. Like that guy couldn't take the camera off me, not to brag. Then there's another part where there's a dance circle and the reverend guy uh, is like getting ready to start dancing and you just see my hand and I'm just holding the speed shades out, hoping that he takes the bait. And I'm like, take, take these shades, please, Rev. And he sees it and like grabs them and puts them on. And I, I just go nuts and he knows immediately what to do. And we just start dancing. And it's so funny. I had it totally dialed in. I, I'll, I will also need to clip that video in because that's been sent to me a few times as well. Shannon and Dan, first off, um, if you're not happy, we apologize. However, <laughs> however, it feels like the way that you've been sending Declan and I these videos that you, you're cherishing these moments. Yes, they probably weren't the foreseen um, plan for how you anticipated your recap video to go. There is there is something to be said that we were hired guns. We had one job, you and yes. I, one job. We were, and say there was 100 people there, we were number 99 and 100. We had one job, and that was to absolutely electrify the dance floor, and that we did. Right. You know, uh, I'm sure they were notified. I don't know if they were notified beforehand, but it's like, look, you know, we were the third party friends of a friend at the at the event here you know we were the we were the best friends of the bride's brother you know like this is a far extension uh you know we were last on the invite list for sure but and you got to know your role do your role like you can't you know we're not a part of the family we're not in the wedding you know there's there's other parts of the of the wedding that are very important uh that we did not need to fill whatsoever so you know were we notified beforehand hey you guys need to tear up the dance floor maybe you know, maybe that was a thing. It, it could have been. It may have been whispered in our ear a few times. Uh, did we perform to that expectation and maybe exceed at certain times and maybe take it a little bit too seriously? Potentially. There's a good potential that that did happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we definitely took it too seriously because on my <laughs> end, I don't think I left the dance floor. Right. I, I was like, I can't. I can't. I, I saw at one point like towards the end of the night that they were bringing out pizza and sliders for everyone. And I look, I looked down like at my, at my stomach and I looked at the dance floor and I looked at everyone around. I was like, I got to sacrifice my hunger for the greater good. Shannon ha has me here for one reason. I didn't leave. So I, I think we we need to take a little bit of responsibility. We shouldn't have been in every video. Um, I, that's, however, and that's like, not like our fault. I just think like, you know, this was the video camera guy who his job was like, Hey, capture the vibes of the dance floor. And we were the vibes of the dance floor, dude. You know, sorry. It is what it is. It is what it is. I think one of the another cool moment, or uh, just like the overall theme of it, was the speed shades. Yes. Uh, you know, at first you, you put them in your pocket, like as we're leaving the motel across from the venue, because you and I and, and Big Ann decided to not spend the extra money to stay with the crowd. We stayed in the motel across the street, like savvy vets that we are. Yep. And yep, of course. Um, and you pocketed like four pairs of speed shades as we're leaving. And I'm like, oh boy, we're in for a treat. I mean, I love this idea, but it's awfully dangerous. It's awfully dangerous. It's, uh, they're not going to like this one. It's kind of what we were kind of going in saying. Uh, and I got to give a shout out, dude. Baldwin Shop must be booming because uh, not only did those shades get distributed accordingly amongst the wedding, but we also, uh, when I was at the Tips event, some one of my old high school buddies was like, hey, dude, I needed a cheap pair of sunglasses and saw you repping this brand and like bought three pairs immediately. And uh, so I thought that was cool. The uh, 
the other part that I really liked, and I don't know if we've mentioned, this is like my favorite part about uh, how we marketed uh, the wedding, which is like so not our position, but I put the wedding uh, like thank you card or like the itinerary or whatever they gave us like at the actual ceremony, and I put that on the stall. Uh, and and Dan, the the groomsman, absolutely loved that move, uh, and I think you did the same thing. I followed suit. I saw it on the stall. Uh, I followed suit. I put it on the other stall, and uh, you know that's another cherished moment from Dan. He and what was really funny is you had left right before me, um, and so I was still in the bathroom. Like, and, but now I was like heading out, and I see Dan like walking in, and he sees me. He goes, "What the? F- what are they doing? Why is the itinerary on the urinal?" And I'm just geeking. And that was one of those cherished moments where Dan's just like, "These boys are leaving breadcrumbs." Right. And I think it's the oldest trick in the book, you know, always find a way, always be marketing your brand, always be, you know, pushing what you care about. Uh, and then, you know, you and I have been putting our business cards on urinals for years, always been trying to sneak our business card in some sort of nook or cranny uh, that people know where it is. Now, granted, it has our contact and our phone number on it. Uh, probably not the wisest thing to do nowadays because of how big we are. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a great marketing tactic, especially like people overlook bathroom ads. And I don't want people to overlook that. It's a risk we're willing to take and be because it's expensive real estate. I mean, people talk about ad placement on billboards. They talk about it on Facebook. They talk about it um, on park benches. But the spot behind a urinal, I mean, you're guaranteed 15 seconds of them staring directly at it. And they have nothing better to do. Most people like look up at the ceiling. Some people like look at their dick and, <laughs> and they're like, all right, when am I going to be done? Wasted time. Um, waste of time you got to get them looking straight ahead perfect billboard spot absolutely oh wow yeah hell of a weekend for sure um how's uh work and everything been good for you too yeah work's been going really well uh staying busy in that regard it's it's transferring into uh you know the most important uh month of the year and that's november especially yeah q4 you put your fours up this is the best month of the year all the preparation comes for Q4, and uh, I already told Daniel. He 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 asked me like, how am I feeling about the preparation? Where where's our heads at? And uh, I simply responded to him. I've always been a fourth quarter player. Clutch gene is in my blood. Uh, I'm ready to go. And he just gave me a little thumbs up emoji, and I was like, perfect. He loved it. <laughs> it's like, all right, not prepared. <laughs> not all right, prepared. kid's not ready for sure. <laughs> Anyways, check back in on him in a little bit. In a little bit. We'll see where he's at. All right, make a note to check on Andrew first. <laughs> how about you, man? How, how's work been with you? Uh, it's been all right, man. The uh, workload, yeah, it's all it's, it's Q4 over here at the power plant. Um, so funny story so the uh the power plant's got some crazy security and uh we had one day where we had we welcomed on like probably 13 new workers most of them didn't really speak that great of english and uh you so we i had the great idea to you know borrow a van like a really big van with like all the seats you know ones that you'd like take on tour like take tours on or whatever and I packed every single one of them in there. Uh, forgot about the COVID stuff, so that was a big red flag to security right away. Um, but so we have to, I have to drive them inside the secured area that they call it, which is like the fifth most protected place in the United States. Uh, there's sniper towers on every point of the building 
uh, I mean, it's protecting like power for a third of the like basically all of the West Coast, like majority of L.A., Phoenix, parts of Colorado, um, Utah, New Mexico. Like it's there's a lot of power going everywhere. Do we need to put in a little disclaimer real quick? Like, I feel like you're going to get into a story that could be uh, government. Like, let's just let's just throw a disclaimer here. Um, we have in, confidential information. You have to be trusted if you've gotten this far. Uh, we deeply trust you. And Correct. Uh, continue on. Yes. Yeah. This is confidential for the people listening who've made it this far. Um, yes. Thank you, Andrew. Strictly confidential. So <laughs> Strictly. We, we get through security, right? So, you know not easy getting through uh security they usually have like a russian guard like legitimately it's always a russian guy and you know i already know what to do i'm like hey boys like you know put your masks up make sure you have your ids out he's gonna ask us to get out of the car just get out of the car all space out um someone pop the hood keep all the doors open and let him do his thing so you know we go through we pass that test bang now to get to the the spot that i need to get these people badged uh Basically, we got to drive around the entire plant. Well, when I was doing that, I didn't realize that like the normal road that I was taking uh, is closed down for some reason. So like now I have zero clue how to get to where I'm supposed to go. So, you know, now I'm kind of just like driving around a little nervous and I drive on. Oh, Andrew, question. Yes, this is not a, an opportunity to use Waze, Google app, Maps. Like this is this is again, this is government property. They don't have this on Google Maps. No, you. It would be very hard to like look at the satellite of what's going on here and like be able to decipher like this is the way to where I need to go. Thank Got you. It. Good question. Uh, this the only route I knew was because I had done it with my boss prior when I got badged. So this was back in November of last year when I did it the first time. So now I'm revisiting for the second time off of memory to find out that I'm not going the right way. So supposedly there's like this uh, one area that gets that's that's just blocked off. I, I travel into an area that gets blocked. That's that's illegal to travel on, supposedly. And I drive by one of the um, army super trucks like every Another part of the, the this this game here is that there's trucks with people like police officers or army dudes with like AKs and they're also Russian. And so I drive past one of them and by the way I have another van following me the whole time too. So this is a convoy of two people this two different cars and we're just meandering like it's clearly the wrong way to go. This this guy sees me from like probably 20 yards out and he was parked in a different way as i kind of took my turn to go down the route that i thought i was supposed to go he just like whips it around and then now he's just following me slowly as i'm going where i don't know where i'm going so all these guys are like like one of the guys for some reason was like all charged up on call of duty he goes dude we're gonna get fucking sniped and i was like like, albert no we're not dude it's fucking fine man and uh so we drive around i i end up finding the way i take you know of course like right before i get to the parking lot of where i know i need to go i take one last wrong turn into the fire department station and it's like a roundabout so i'm like turning back around and then he flashes his lights on and then he rolls his window down on my way out and he's like hey are you uh are you here to clean and i was like no i'm here to get these guys badged 
uh, all these guys are here with me uh, in the car behind me. He's like, oh, okay, uh, just so you know, you traveled on like a forbidden road. Uh, and so, so don't do that again. Make sure you go the other way. It's like, oh, yeah, man, no problem. Thanks. Sounds good. Uh, so got through that, ended up driving, getting the convoy in to get badged and got out of there. Uh, but it's a high stress situation for no reason at all. And it was one of those moments where it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm responsible for like 20 people trying to get badged at like a nuclear power plant. And it's like me in charge. Like if anybody knew that it was me in charge, they would be, they'd be like, why that's a bad move. You know, like don't do that. You know? I mean, the one thing that I can't get over is I don't think I will ever, I, don't, I, I have never, I don't, and I do and I know for a fact, I will never be in a spot where there's snipers, like, <laughs> you know, just like in the peripheral for protection's sake. Right. Uh, that's just like a, that's a banana situation to be in. Um, and damn right, Alberto was right. Like the Call of Duty mindset is the only mindset at that point. That and Zero Dark Thirty. Like I think I'm Marcus Luttrell at that point, and I have to navigate it like I'm America's hero. Right, it, and it's so dumb that like they even have the snipers. Like I always tell them, I'm like, why do we have the snipers? We're at a power plant. Like no one's coming in here anytime soon. Um, and you know they always reiterate to me, like, yeah, but could be a could be an attack. I was like, well, that's not how I would attack it. It's usually what that's, I finish with. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me too of um, the, what's the like original podcaster's name. It was like him and Joe Rogan kind of started it at Mark the same Marin. time. Mark Marin. Yes. He did a podcast with Barack Obama and they brought in, they, they came in a day early and scouted the area. And this was, I think during his presidency. Yeah. It was in so 2012. Pre- pre- 2012 president Barack Obama. My apologies. And uh, just go listen to that podcast if you haven't. It's like one of the most famous pot. Like if we're talking about the scope of podcasting, the Mark Maron Barack Obama podcast might be one of the best of all time. Best of all time because President Obama came to Mark Maron's garage and that's where he's recorded. He's done thousands of podcasts and that's where uh, he recorded this episode and many others. And they scouted like neighbors roofs beforehand to put up snipers. I mean, yes. that's just, in, I mean, okay. So I think I, I let in saying I, I will never be in a situation with snipers. I hope for one day that I'm interviewing someone important enough where they have to scout out the area. Like you and I are like in this podunk uh, small divey bar and they got to like scout out the area uh, around us because we're bringing in some celebrity that has a sniper crew. Right, and we're like organizing cords and just making sure they got like their nice plastic chair to sit on, so that we can sit them down and ask them about what the their future on Mars could potentially be. Exactly, and they're snipers in our peripherals. <laughs> so ridiculous, though, dude. <laughs> so ridiculous. I couldn't believe that was an actual thing that happened. But yeah, that is bananas. Yeah, work work is fine. That's it. it it's funny because you know I hang out with like Brandon uh, Polizuk every once in a while, and he is. If there's one guy that's just so enthused about my work that's not associated with Back Pocket, it's that guy. Like, he just loves listening to – he always asks questions about, like, what I do at work because he's just so fascinated that, like, this is a, this is a serviceable job that exists. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's funny to just explain, like, oh, yeah, you know, this, these are the things we have to do out here because, like, that's just – that's just the way it is at the at, – at Palo Verde Generating Station, you know. Would have never found myself in this scenario, but um, certainly loving it. 
Yeah, you've been killing it. You've been out there for quite some time. Like that's something that uh, sometimes I forget. Like you've, and not just uh, this location, but you've been in Arizona since what May of last year, on yeah, and off. June of last wow. year, June twenty twenty, and then I've that's been at crazy. the power plant for uh, since November fourth. So coming up on a year in about two months here. Damn. Decky AZ is a real thing. I'm still hunkered down here in Minneapolis, tried and true. And I will say, so active, you know, that's keeping me busy, back pocket, of course, and then all the branches that come out from uh, the giving tree that is back pocket. And then the other thing that keeps me hella occupied right now is good old Pops and his four-hour shared humanity walk. Yeah, it's so um, crazy, dude. So crazy. He just hit 12, uh, he hit 1,250 miles um so he's got 500 just under 500 miles left he'll finish on october 21st you're listening to today it's october 5th and i am uh coming back from my first and only appearance during the fosh walk i will not be there at the ending because i'm at a wedding in boston um which i'm kind of kicking myself i know you're li- people are listening to this right now and they're like andrew you're choosing a wedding over the finish another wedding dad's. andrew really another third one really? of the year you know, I'm I'm standing in this one. Shout out Jordan Roberts and, and his and his uh, dear fiance Tori. Um, it is I am I'm, I'm I'm kicking myself a little bit, but I will have been in uh, just west of Dallas for, with my dad for just over 48 hours, and I'm so excited. So I'm recording this before I head down, and uh, the anticipation is real. He has caught some incredible traction. Um, we talked about this maybe on previous podcasts. He, uh, he's been on a couple TV stations. He did uh, WGN, which is the regional local channel in Chicago. So it's, you know, Chicago suburbs, pretty massive, heavy, heavily populated area. Um, and then a couple like spots as he's walking down in like a random spot in Nebraska. And I think one in maybe Oklahoma, the newspapers throughout it. Um, but there's some big things coming, uh, potentially some national coverage hush hush i can't break any news any moves on it quite yet but it's hyped uh in a great fashion um so that's coming up and then another thing oh go ahead sorry uh the one thing that i do need to talk about with you deck is this damn teddy bear um yeah so like this is the craziest thing we have not talked about this on the podcast my dad ran into a a man wearing a giant teddy bear costume clipped in now i am bear i am bear son (laughs) i am bear son he is he's got the funniest little twang in his voice like he is he is hilarious he's walking from la to new york um and he's doing it in in honor of breast cancer and a couple other uh charities um and lo and behold this man has like 130,000 followers on social media a dedicated following and my dad walking from north to south walks uh crosses direct path with bear son as he's walking from west to east the coolest thing and i'm on my phone when this happens and my dad like he sees this teddy bear walk he's like andrew you know anything about it wait, wait i just saw this massive teddy bear walk across me he says, what's going on and like i'm like i have no idea and he starts like looking up giant teddy bear and figures out that this guy's walking and he, he is insane so he, he met up with him and uh just one of those weird moments like one of those serendipitous moments dude i mean the whole the whole brand and everything that he said is like meet me or like meet me in the middle or walk to the middle to find common ground 
and he literally meets a Instagram famous man dressed up in a stuffed animal bear suit in the middle of the country walking the other way with the same intention. It's like, dude, that's there. That is not on purpose or that is like not that's not an accident. You know, like that is that is not an accident. Um, I laughed like I, I'll be honest. I laughed so hard when I saw that for the first time. Like I laughed so hard. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world that this was like a thing. And then on top of it, like your dad's <laughs> the video of your dad where he's like, Hey, are you bear son? <laughs> like from the from his car window and like Miles captures it perfectly. Like it's like, yeah, I am. It's like, dude, you're awesome. Like they like have this like great moment together. Um that like I was thinking about, you know, when your dad finishes, I'd love to obviously sit down and record a podcast with him. And like it felt like to me everything like that the hype really got real when he when he encountered when he met the stuffed bear in the middle of the country. You know, like that that was like the I am bear son was like a big turning moment, like that we're gonna look back to. That's like a that's a title of a chapter. That's like something that is like pivotal in the entire movement itself. Um, I thought that was just like the coolest thing. Yeah, and it gave the team uh, just like a huge boost of morale, like a much needed grueling. I think they were on like day seventy at the point. Yep. So there was still like there's still fifty days left in the trip. They just reached a thousand miles. Like just it was everything was a grind. Um, and this Bearson guy comes strolling through, just happy-go-lucky, meet-me-in-the-middle um, type guy. He's This guy's walking like four miles a day. My dad's walking 20. Like, <laughs> it's it's, it's going to take Bearson an ass load of time. My dad's like so prompt, too. He's got a schedule. Bearson's just kind of like go. He's There's no one following him. He just goes by himself and just goes with the flow. He's just he's just unscripted human. Um, That's insane. It, he's by himself. Yes. Just, That's it's, crazy. Can you just imagine like one day just stumbling upon like a massive fucking stuffed bear just walking on the side of the road? Like that guy must get so many questions from cars driving by. So many questions. It's guaranteed why he's our, he's got 120,000 followers. And that brings me to the next point of when he posted about Fosh, Fosh's Instagram just skyrocketed. And that's where the morale boost really came in. I think that just gave like... You know, it's never been a numbers game for my dad. He's not out here to get um, massive awareness. That's not like the the goal of it all. It's internal and then understand what's happening in the center of the country and use that as a platform to kickstart the next venture. Obviously, some traction, like some bigger traction um, is, a, is a cherry on top. And this bear sun thing kind of like kickstarted that. Like it just gave some more eyeballs to this cause and a lot of um alignment because it was bear sun eyeballs like the same kind of purpose that he was doing um it aligns with my dad's purpose and uh, it was yeah it was just pure yeah no that's that's sick the um the other the other thing too i mean you couldn't have asked for like a better person too like this could have been some deranged crazy guy in a stuffed bear suit not to say that i am bear sun isn't a deranged guy uh he's obviously a deranged guy doing stuff for good like that's sick uh and I, I, he's probably not deranged at all. Take that back. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, grabbed like the perfect audience to like continue to build. Like it wasn't just some random influencer that wasn't that like had they had they didn't really have they wouldn't have had much crossover had it been anything else, you know. 
um, was so specific. That's why I just don't think it was random. Like it happened for a reason for sure. Uh, and uh, another thing that I thought was amazing was the um, when your dad met the was that was that coffee one morning just randomly like was going to get coffee at Starbucks at 6 a.m. It was probably like a Saturday or something. I think he described in his story. Um, and he just like randomly woke up at like four o'clock thinking about stuff and then went to go get Starbucks coffee, runs into a woman uh, who's got a shirt that says Ubuntu on it, which is like, you know, your dad's one of your dad's main th- uh, sayings, which is I am because we are. Is that kind of the I think ble- that's a gist. Yeah, I think Don't that's a gist. It, of it. I think you nailed it. Yep. It's an old saying, a Google it, Ubuntu um, or just showed up here. Marcus, please pl- uh, plug plug in the definition, uh, definition of Ubuntu. I think I nailed it. Uh, but nonetheless, he gets talking to this woman like, hey, nice shirt. And she's like, they they catch up, you know, they talk about Ubuntu. And then she's like, hey, like I have a school full of kids who love Ubuntu. Like they believe in this like so much. And like they end up coordinating a time for John to show up and uh, like speak to an entire elementary school um, about his walk. Andrew. Yes. Uh, so actually that day the teacher uh, so he finds out she's a teacher at the school and um you know she was a little weirded out at first because my dad you know just kind of intimidating very direct um but my dad kind of very stoked on the boo too (laughs) so stoked i i I think uh uh, and i don't know if my dad's gonna be super pumped but actually i think he's gonna be pumped i said i think he got emotional when he saw the ubuntu thing like it was just like that type of like value to have that on a shirt like he like he was describing what it means to him and he got he got a little teary-eyed the woman was kind of like whoa what's going on um just trying to get starbucks at 6 a.m she she hasn't even had her coffee yet um (laughs) So eventually, we know the rules, dude. No crying, no, no getting approached by strangers who are crying before coffee. Everybody knows God. that. It's one rule. We got one rule here, and uh, lo and behold, they they connect on a, on a deeper level. And she's like, "How about you stop by the school today? Um, and I would love for you to like meet the principal, and maybe like you have a chance to talk to the kids." So he stops by the school and meets the principal, and it just didn't work out with timing wise to talk to the students on that day which was a blessing in disguise because my dad was going to be walking into that town in four days. He was collecting supplies that morning. Um, so they planned out a, uh, a day where he could come into the town and they, were, they lined the streets with all the students as he's walking into the school and they did a full-on assembly for my dad to come up on stage and share what he's, uh, what he's been up to, the meaning behind Fosh, and these kids, Deck, you got to talk about them. I mean, just electrifying atmosphere. Right. So I obviously hear about the story and like, you know, I we we have all of the footage and everything logged each week. Like shout out to Miles, who's been uh, fronting this for the past 80 days. Like the kids been filming everything, uploading it to uh, our cloud and then allowing like people like me to just basically download all the footage and access it and do whatever I want with it. Essentially turn it into uh, pieces of content. So I start watching all this content and I see like drone videos of like little kids just packed through the streets and John walking through and like taking pictures with every single one of them. And then, um, every single like on ground camera angle and, and video is always with these kids just like chanting crazy loud, like student, like high school basketball at the free throw, free throw line loud, like insane loud and just electric like 
they have all these different chants. I can't really pick out what they're saying. And then towards so uh, there's this great scene where like the camera's following behind John and the kids are just fucking screaming like crazy. And uh, he gets out on like everyone gets like really quiet and then he gets out on stage and the people go nuts again. But they do this whole after he finishes speaking or maybe it was before. I'm not sure when this all happened. Um, but they have like a full on Ubuntu chant. Like I got to imagine <laughs> he he like cried like you you whatever Ubuntu blah 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 and it's I did terrible justice to that but it is go check out our Instagram because we posted it and it's in there but it is just the fun, like most amazing thing I've ever seen I'm just like what are the chances that this happens and then your dad just like crushes a, a nice 10 minute speech to these kids which again coming from your dad and like trying to speak to like little kids can you imagine like how hard that would be to like get your message across as to like what you're trying to say like how simple you gotta be to like make sure you grasp their attention i think you did a great job but uh just the whole the whole spectacle the entire thing was just beautiful just the coolest thing i mean these are two occasions that we just described that were unplanned unexpected and um just so powerful my dad is like through the roof right now so pumped he's coming into the final month of the walk he's been at getting after it since july 4th i mean similar to you know you moving out to arizona and everyone coming up to me and saying how's decky doing what's decky doing in arizona what's life like for deck in arizona all this jazz how you doing without deck which that's like the last question they ask yeah, right. right. Um, it's not about you, unfortunately. It's never. It's about a darn me. shame. So if you make it this far, might as well, you know, wouldn't hurt to ask how Andrew's doing in Minnesota. God, give me one, give me one, and then <laughs> you know. So it's the Decky show, and now it's the John and Sarah show, and how you fucking eat it up. I am so pumped when people are they say, "Hey, I've been following your dad," um, and I have the opportunity to like continue that conversation. Yeah. But that's what it's been like since July fourth. Um, you know from from all angles people that I didn't even expect like I was at the St. Thomas game who just stomped on Butler 36 nothing shout out first home St. Thomas. win not to brag huge uh, D1 opponent and just pounding them in in typical coach K fashion getting after their ass uh, I'm, I'm walking the field to go say hi to coach K afterwards and two players come up um on separate occasions Mark Dowell and I were together again and uh just saying, hey man, been following your dad. Absolutely love what he's doing. It's super cool. And then they turn to like Mark Dowdle and be like, hey, and you're doing your run this weekend. Like, super cool, man. I'm, I'll be supporting from afar. It's insane. Yeah. There's just so much cool shit happening all around us, and uh, it's it's just it's fucking awesome. And and then you know, there's those those unplanned moments that come up where you gotta you just gotta look them in the face and be like, this is what life is like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's uh, it was you know i think i was listening to a podcast like right before this this podcast that we recorded and it was like uh it's this jill robbins or something i don't know it's it's the most recent ritual podcast uh and she was like life isn't about like your successes or the destinations that you reach but like life is always life is there to teach you lessons so make sure you like live in the moment and learn from everything that you're possibly a part of um because it's going to help you somewhere down the road and I think your dad just lives like the most pure form of that. Like he's putting himself in a situation where all he can think about is like his next step and he's taking it all at such an authentic pace at the pace of walking. And I just think that's, that's just like 
probably so rewarding for him to be able to take on these last, what would it be, four four months uh, just completely wholeheartedly. And um, I'm excited to see. I, like, I'm really excited to sit down and talk to him about it and just see, you know, how how he's, you know, how it's shifted his perspective. I know you've talked to him every day, so I'm sure you've seen it, like, kind of transform in a little bit of a sense. Um, but, yeah, dude, there's just a lot of cool shit going on. Sometimes you got to just take a step back and soak it in. You just got to take it a step back, soak it in. And, you know, we talk all these things. We got all these work things going on. Um, hashing out, you know, Decky flying out to the Tips Invitational. I'm at a wedding. Um, all these different things. But the staple of fall has a strict schedule. And I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, this may be our final point. I don't know if you have anything else, but I got this is one thing that I do want to talk about, Deck, is the schedule that we're on right now. Um, it's, it's tight and it's routine. And it starts on, uh, it starts on Thursdays, um, which is coming up. So today's October 5th. On the 7th, for all of those trying to join, feel free to uh, text Deck and I. It's teaser Thursdays. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, very important. This is very a strict important. schedule. Uh, teaser Thursdays, we look at the board. Usually there's one decent college football game going on, and then, of course, your Thursday night football. We look at it, we look at the lines. Usually we take a dog and we, we add some points there, and we take the over, of course, and take some points off. Tease it both ways and parlay the two. Um, absolutely uh, a tremendous tradition unlike any other. That's Thursdays. Um, our teasers are pretty high. I don't know our record right now, but I want to say we're going into week four, and I think we're two and one because the yep. Ravens game really screwed us. Yeah. I. Uh, by the way, I've teased every single – ever since te Teaser Thursday was kind of brought into the forefront, I've basically teased every NFL game I bet on. Uh, I won the 11 o'clock teaser. I did a parlay, three-team parlay, won that one. Won the afternoon slot, lost Monday night, unfortunately, because uh, the Eagles stink. But so personally, the teaser Thursdays, I'm like four or five and one. So feeling good about teaser Thursday. Feeling good about it. Okay, so you're, you're bringing the teasers into later in the week, which uh, we might need to circle back on down the line. Potential, because... potential violation? Is this a... Yes. Okay. All right. Could Fuck. be a violation. Um, that's Thursdays, Fridays. Uh, kind of anything goes on Fridays. I don't really look at the board. Usually I'm... It's just celebrating being off work. Um, Saturdays, of course, uh, Deck, myself, our, our good beat writer, Grant Adams, and uh, good dear friend, Jonas Doman, uh, the Diamond Dogs, um, which I just decided to coin us as uh, just right now. Um, we bet the board. We absolutely take every damn bet that we can see. I, uh, we at least have eight bets going out that day. Uh, usually less units on those days, um, but we bet the board because it's fun. It's college football. Anything can happen. Might as well take a couple uh, underdogs at, at money lines. Like I took our Arkansas last week over Texas A&M. They were plus four and a half at home. I mean, let's go Razorbacks, Pig Suey. Yeah, uh, that's right. Exactly. I think it also goes to say, you know, there's a, a couple trends, you know, the board can be overwhelming. There's there's a lot of things that get thrown at you at a board, and that's like what's fun about you know waking up early, um, you know getting your reps in, you know fixing your eyes and, and looking at this board and really analyzing it. And a couple trends to just be aware of uh, things that it will be easy to make a part of your board, which is Michigan first half. They're they've, they're four zero this year in covering. Andrew discovered that one. Uh, and I've you, taken. I, I don't know if I followed that up with that X. I've actually taken that. That's why the only reason why I know because I've taken that bet every week. Um, it's one of those that I'm just like, 
I took it week one and it won. And I've been trying to like remember my, this is something I've never done in the past with, uh, with college football betting is like, remember who I bet on the previous week that won and see if their line is pretty the next week. I'm starting to do that. Like I should have a spreadsheet and I could like actually make money off this. At the end of the day, I think I break even all the day long. Um, but yeah, Michigan first half. Uh, they play Rutgers. Oh, that never mind. I got to look at the board the following week. But they play Rutgers this week. We'll see if they cover. They could be five and zero going into this podcast. Right. And another thing, personally, uh, that's worked for me is whatever line Oklahoma is given, usually bet the opposing team to cover. So they. So oh yeah. So if you bet against the spread with Oklahoma, they they're like oh and whatever against the spread. The and and just like pay attention to like you're saying like. Notre Dame, you know, has a great win against Purdue or something, and then all of a sudden is like plus six and a half to to Wisconsin. I was like, that's such a that's such a that raises my like that that makes the the ears perk up. Like the, there was another game the other week where Minnesota was a two and a half dog against CU at Folsom Field. I was like, hold on, like I don't care if that CU uh, lost to Texas A&M 10 to 7 the week before like their Texas A&M quarterback got hurt that that's irrelevant CU stinks like there's CU's no way terrible. they won 30 they won 30 to nothing Gophers they won 30, 30 to nothing. nothing but then like how can you possibly hinge your bets on a U of M the next week like I didn't pay attention to them they lose to Bowling Green uh for their homecoming it's like whoa college football right so you got to be very careful like now you're looking at uh, a good example like you know uh Notre so here's a crazy one Notre Dame beats Wisconsin and they covered their six and a half point underdogs, right? Okay. You'd think going going into a home game against Cincinnati, they're two and a half point dogs. How do you how do we evaluate that? See, that's dangerous now. And now you stay away from that game. You stay the you fuck stay away. You stay away from that game. You stay, you stay the, the fuck, fuck away. <laughs> because it's it's not worth your time or money. So just a good example of, you know, watching these lines. It makes no sense. Another great example, LSU, two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, against at Mississippi State who lost to Memphis the week prior. Okay, yeah, LSU may should – there's a good chance LSU was not looking hot going into that game. Now, all of a sudden, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites against Auburn at home. That raises a lot of questions. I don't think that's – I don't. I would stay the fuck away from that one too. Yeah, I mean, and as a fan of LSU, you're staying away from it. And I'm looking at it like I might take Auburn because right. it's, it yes, sounds like a smart bet. the Auburn line. <laughs> <laughs> Another really cool thing that's now um, in the works, we mentioned Tommy's beat Butler 60 to nothing. The Tommy's are on our book um, since they are FCS. Uh, last week was the first time they were on the book. They had a, an official line the previous week against Northern Iowa, and uh, they were a 44.5-point dog because northern iowa is like 11 in the country and lost to iowa state by six um and st thomas is a d3 program now playing division one teams um and in division one and they covered they they lost uh, 45 to three so i'm thinking okay they covered on their first official line going into the butler game they were nine point favorites that scared me but the over under was 58 and they had scored a total of 15 points in their first two games. Mm. I'm, I'm sitting there like, hammer the under. I put a, a, a three units on the under. And then I'm walking up to the game, and I'm like, St. Thomas is at home, home opener. 
Coach Caruso is guaranteed to be whipping up uh, uh, trick plays, um, doing all the uh, pulling all the tricks out of the bag. He wants to win this game for sure. So I put two units on the uh, Tommies to cover minus nine, and it smashed thirty six nothing. I mean, that was like not only did I get to see my alumni or my my program come out with their first division one win um but at the same time i got to win some money i'm, I'm gonna take my i'm gonna get my tuition back one day betting on the thomas right so andrew get this uh first away game for the time or another another fun uh moment for the tommies here and i don't know how i'm gonna buy it, bet it because i also have the same sports book turns out saint, uh saint thomas is taking a trip down to san diego this weekend and if i don't have work i'm going so it's like 100 i get to go to the gate there's a potential i get to go to the gate you should, you should absolutely go to the game. Text Io. He texted me if I was going to go down there. He's going to the game. Really? That's awesome. Okay. Good to know. So I've, I've not looked at that line yet, but I'm ready to bet it. And that's that's sick that St. Thomas is D1 now because it's like I'm, I'm so excited to see how their like culture gets infused. Like San Diego, I mean, they're, they have some athletes. You know, I'm not sure how big they are, but they, they got some athletes for sure. So just the preseason pioneer rankings. Um St. Thomas, I think there's 10 teams. St. Thomas was eight. Butler was 10. So, like, they were supposed to to beat them. Um, San Diego is two. And then then Dayton is number one. So, this is, like, a very good team. It's going to be hyper competitive. That's going to be amazing if you do go to it. But let's continue on the schedule because, you know, we're getting to the tail end of the the wee hours of this podcast. Correct. Thank you. Thank you for trapping the puck. Yes. Um, you know, this the schedule continues on. So you have teaser Thursdays. You have bet the board Saturdays. Sundays, I love parlays. Money line. Don't throw in your favorites, um, like your minus 130, 140 favorites, but then never be afraid of the dogs. I took the Chargers at plus 230 this week. That one, however, I took the over in a different game and my parlay missed. But that's just a, it's a, it's a fun time to bet a parlay, a money line parlay, because... You just you probably won a couple dollars off betting the board the day before, so might as well take those winnings and double down on a parlay and try to turn that say ten dollar winning into a hundred and thirty dollars on a on a crazy parlay. Right, I think uh, the key is to like kind of to always. It depends on the team now. Like the Jets, you got to watch the lines with the Jets because it's like hammer the under with the Jets, you know, because they're usually going to get blown out. And then they're not good enough to score garbage time points. So, like, the over-under for the Broncos game, Broncos-Jets two weeks ago, was, like, 47. And I was like, that's such a high number for both teams. Hammer that under. Uh, so, I'll, I, I'm i not afraid to bet the under. I'm going to just say that on Sundays. On Sundays, I'm not afraid. I think it's honestly the smartest thing to do. I've, I've, I think I'm 0-3 on betting the over so far in the NFL. Um it's never a good bet. The NFL is just, they're just defenses are too good. Um, and the games that you least expect it are the ones that go over. Um, yeah. Like just some like broken plays. One team like beats up on the other team and then there's like a garbage touchdown. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just tired of getting burned on like money lines and stuff. So I like, I like your point of just like turning into a parlay and just being like, okay, look, you know, anything can happen on any, on any given Sunday. And that's usually how the NFL works. Yes. And that's how Sundays work. Parlay it get risky and then we get to monday monday night football you're coming off a work day i truly believe the best way to bet mondays is prop bets because you're just Mm, you're you're kind of exhausted from looking at all these lines the last uh four days 
so jump on the prop bets. Um, so this is Tuesday. This is now eight days from the Eagles uh, Cowboys game. But I had a nice little prop bet on Jalen Hurts to throw more than one. Inter- he had over a half an interception. So all he had to do was throw an interception. Um, first series, he throws pick six, and I'm sitting there and I win. Like that, <laughs> like that, that. Those are the bets where you're just like, okay, Monday, rocks. kick your feet up. Did yeah. my did my work. You know, it's it's time to look forward to teaser Thursdays. Yes, exactly. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think that is uh, basically how we live our lives in the fall. And there's no better way to operate. So um, let us know, you know, if you've made it this far on the podcast, thank you. Just let us know what you what you think your line's going to be uh, for teaser Thursday or maybe a couple bets that you may want to get involved with on Saturday. Let us know your lines. Honestly, I love hearing from you guys. I want to hear what your lines are. What a way to finish the podcast, Andrew. Yes, I figured that was a great closing bit. You know, we're not Barstool. We're not the uh, the Pick'em podcast. Uh, we're no Rico Bosco. But we hold our own here. Uh, we we have some gambling roots, and we're savvy in that regard. You know, we're for, for the common man um, after their average bets. Stick to the schedule. Stick to the schedule. Just know just know your roots. That's what it's all about. Do your research. Just be a Amen. human. Be a human. Be, just be a human. Just be a human. Throw the bet down. Awesome. Um, that, that's all I got, man. Anything yeah, else you want to uh, you want to close on? No, that's uh, I think that's podcast adjourned, meeting adjourned. Uh, hell of a catch up. I I really enjoy doing this kind of stuff. Just for the back end of people listening, uh, the way we prepped this podcast was uh, well, we decided to record today. That was step one, and then step two was uh, hey, let's bring some stories uh to the table to sh- to share today and and treat this more like a catch up. Uh, I think we do this more in the future. I think we do this more in the future. Uh, just quick confirm. Did you get to your stories? Uh, yeah, I got to my stories. Awesome. Did did you did you get all your uh, stories out? Yes, I got all, I got all my okay. stories out. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. All right. So if you got your stories and I got my stories out, then it sounds like we had a podcast. And and that's a wrap. And we love you guys for taking your time, for taking the time to listen to us. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our stories. Uh, let us know what your bets are this weekend. Love you guys. Take care. Take care. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped the bubble. And we run around, but now I know we're tired of the nonsense. All the things we can't control. Really, really messes with the healthy mind. Are we there yet? Or is this just how it goes? So you wanna play the pop games And you never, never will change But I don't believe you No, I don't So you wanna play the pop games And it always goes the same way But I don't believe you No, I don't, no, I don't Triple coverage Had it mapped out But you spaced out Man, you didn't see it coming my luggage about to fly up holding my cup looking down and seeing nothing and we run around but now i know we're tired of the nonsense all the things we can't control really really messes with the healthy mindset are we there yet or is this just how it goes so you wanna play the pop games that you never never will change but i don't believe you no
So you wanna play the pop game? Said it always goes the same way, but I don't believe you. No, I don't know why. So you wanna play the pop game? Said you never, never would change, but I don't.